Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show in the official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. We're here to talk about this past week in wrestling, especially today when we're recording this on Wednesday. It's a big day in wrestling. How's a big week in wrestling? So let's talk about it. We're here to talk about everything going on in the WWE, which means we're going to talk about Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, this tonight's episode of NXT, and of course, this Sunday's Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which includes some predictions about what's going to happen and who's going to win those briefcases. We also got news about the big All Elite Wrestling stuff that happened today, so I'm going to chat that up. I'm Owen. John is out watching baseball. He had tickets to baseball game, so he's there, and I'm here. But it's fine. You and me, we're going to hang out. As because we're streaming this live over at twitch.tv slash ozone online. So if you're in the chat, say hello. Say what's up. If we're in a certain section of the show and you want some t- takes on some stuff, let me know and I will fill you in on what I think. But yeah. How is everyone doing? It is Wednesday. And uh, usually this is the part of the show where we have a bunch of banner, but John's not here. I can tell you that I've been playing a bunch of Fortnite with uh, my buddy Rhythm Bastard. And that game's pretty good. So, um, it, since you're already tuned in live on the Twitch at Ozone Online, you know, go follow uh, Rhythm Bastard, which is Rhythm and then Bastard without the fouls because censorship. I don't know. But we're doing stuff there. That's fun. Um, this weekend. It's a pretty big one for me. I'm pretty busy because what we got is Friday is John Wick Chapter 3 coming out. I'm very excited about that movie, so I'm going to go see that. Saturday is Eurovision, which I haven't been hyping up enough on this show. Eurovision's happening. The Grand Finals this Saturday, not airing in the U.S. That's a bummer. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to watch it. Through There's ways. I, I will watch the Eurovision. I want to see everyone singing their crazy songs and being wacky. That's always fun. And then, of course, Sunday is Money in the Bank, which the bookie's been kind of eh. But it's still, the latter matches will be exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. And, yeah, that's what I got going on in my life. Since John's not here, we can make this a quick episode and move right on to the news section so I'm going to press the button. The first and biggest news story happened earlier today at the uh, TNT Upfronts, where they said, hey, we're doing wrestling again. As they announced that All Elite Wrestling will debut later this year with a weekly TV show on TNT in prime time. And, uh, there are some details coming out from this. I, I don't think they mentioned if it's going to be live or not. But it's going to be in prime time. It's on TNT. And also, they're going to use the Bleacher Report Live, or BR Live as they call it, which is a streaming platform. I think it's paid. I'm not entirely sure how it works. I think some stuff's free on there. And 
but I'm, I'm not familiar with that platform. But apparently they're going to use uh, BR Live to also provide AEW content as well as provide the pay-per-views. But of course, you'll still have to you know pay extra for the pay-per-views. And uh, the big news is that Double or Nothing, which is next weekend, me and Trace will have our premium podcast out for that probably next Friday. But that will be offered on BR Live, so I may use that as an opportunity to see how that all works and how easy it is to stream to a television and all that. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. And, of course, if that doesn't work, I can just always get it on Fight. Because I know that'll work, at least. I'm sure there won't be any issues, like, at Double or Nothing. Or at the All In, where there's some buffering issues. But yeah, it's exciting. The The big details are expected that there are no rights fees. And, you know, All Elite Wrestling is putting the show together and they're getting some help from TNT. But it's mostly AEW, which is a startup, getting a platform to do what they can to gain an audience. And then, of course, the rights fees will come later. So this is huge. Um... With the way that Cody's been talking it up about it being more sports-focused and wins and losses mattering, and it being a really different product from what WWE is selling, which is something that Impact can't really say, as they're just trying to be a knockoff WWE. Uh, I think this is going to be great for the wrestling business. Some actual competition. No, no word on what day they're going to air. Rumor is it'll be Tuesday, taking SmackDown's old spot. But yeah, I could eventually see it maybe moving to Monday and starting up the Monday Night Wars again. That'd be exciting. But that's one step at a time. This is a huge first step, though. So congratulations to All Elite Wrestling. And to wrestling fans, because now you're going to have an actual legitimate option. You know, outside of New Japan, which I still like New Japan. But it's never going to gain the same kind of traction as a North American-based company could. So yeah, that's our first news story. Our second news story, it's not so good. Uh, well, it's it's two parts. First, uh, Lars Sullivan, if you've been online, you've seen the bodybuilding forums posts where he's been kind of not great toward people of color. Or people, you know, in other minorities. Like being gay and all. It, it's it's bad. But uh, the good news... Well, I guess it isn't good news. Is that it seems the post happened from before he was signed with the WWE. But apparently uh, someone talked to Mars. Which is one of WWE's big sponsors. And uh, they weren't happy about this. So as a result, Lars Sullivan is being fined $100,000 and is being forced to take sensitivity training. And uh, my thoughts on this are, one, we don't know who's getting the $100,000. Like, they could have mentioned it, go- it going to like a charity or, you know, something helping the LGBT community or minority groups or something like that. But it's pretty much... They haven't mentioned that yet, so WWE's just going to give themselves money for this. But the sensitivity training is a good step, because 
We don't know if he's really changed from those viewpoints. But, you know, at least having some training to make sure that he's on the right path is a good thing. So hopefully this will do a lot of good. Because people deserve second chances. Especially when it's really old stuff coming up. Kind of like the other person we're going to talk about. Who is, uh, Johnny Gargano had a tweet from 2010 start popping up around the internet recently. Where, uh, uh he doesn't have a great take on uh, transgender people. And it's, I'm not going to repeat what it said, but it's very insensitive and very shitty. So he, after that was uh, brought up, he uh, deleted that tweet. And hasn't really commented on it, nor do you expect him to. But yeah, that's not a good look. It's only a decade ago, but still. Having opinions like that is bad. And you can blame, you know, the culture of the time being toxic and breeding toxic opinions like this. And... Be kind of half right, but also the person had to, you know, also participate in this. And you know, it was a long time ago, and opinions can change, and people can mature and have better takes. But I, there has been no evidence that this has been any different. You know, we haven't seen him express opinions any other way. And when you got people like Ronda Rousey, a part of the WWE, it seems like a good breeding ground for this kind of behavior to continue. So hopefully we get something out of this of him, you know, apologizing, talking, you know, harder about the issues and not just sweeping under the rug and trying to make everyone forget about it. Because that's not going to work. This is the internet. People don't forget what you do. Ever. So, uh, yeah, uh, John is not here, but he contributed to the notes, and uh, his official statement on both of these matters, well, more on the John Gargano one, is uh, the picture from the Eric Andre show, uh, Eric Andre show of uh, Hannibal Burris going, ha ha ha, this sucks, man. And yep, it sure does. We got one more bit of news though, and it's uh, more news on the ratings that the main roster for WWE is doing, and uh, well, Raw, Raw went up, and it went up another 5% in the ratings because there were no NBA you know, playoffs happening on Monday, so they didn't really have any competition, so... It pretty pretty easy to get the ratings up, especially when they're so damn low. But uh, SmackDown hit uh, a new low, as in it's the worst ratings for SmackDown since moving to Tuesdays and being live. Whoops. Well, the it, the Portland Tra- Trailblazers and the. Uh, Golden State Warriors did have a game that night. And also, the show opened with 
a Roman Reigns Miz against Elias and Shane segment that lasted 100 years. So there's no real thing to hook you for that. And the main thing is I really hope that, and again, you know, even I'm not talking about the angle on this show because it's not really doing much. But I hope they don't blame Kofi Kingston being the champion for the Reigns to slump so much. And maybe blame it more on bad booking overall. And also this wild card just cramming more raw people to take up all the time that the it ha- that the SmackDown Superstars have a limited amount of. I really don't like this wild card thing, if you can't tell from last week. And I still don't like it. It's still terrible. And now, like, sure, Raw is getting some help from some SmackDown people. And the NBA not being there helping them elevate their ratings a little bit. But SmackDown, which is the show I prefer, and still, I think, despite the fact that no one's watching it now, is still the superior written and wrestled show, is suffering hugely. And it's not great. I hope they can turn it around, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. And that's all the news I got. If anyone in the chat has anything they want me to discuss, just let me know. But let me know sooner rather than later. Like, don't ask me to bring up a new subject when I'm at the very end of the show wrapping up NXT like last week. But yeah, if that's all everyone's got, then let's move on to talk about the main roster. Shall we? So. Uh, Monday Night Raw. The big thing to come out of Monday Night Raw is these Firefly Funhouse segments have been building up and building up. And finally, and, and I thought they were going to do it at Money in the Bank, but they did it six days early. Bray Wyatt revealed his new character. The dark side that's been festering in these segments. And it's a super creepy mask. That looks really badass. Like a creepy clown, like nightmare thing. And, uh, yeah. It looks terrifying. The whole outfit looks scary. If this is a cross, you know, like a a split personality thing. With the happy-go-lucky Bray and then also this sadistic monster. Hell yeah, man. Because they ruined the, the demon already. The demon's nothing. If this is the new kind of demon-like character that they're going to go for and actually do it properly, I'm all in. And also, if you haven't seen it, uh, the person who designed the mask shared a public Facebook post. You can find it on forums and such. uh, Detailing the whole way they laid it out and how he got to work with Bray and make this. And there's some sketches of the early designs. It's awesome. I love this stuff. It's, It's Great, and I hope that this gimmick succeeds and they don't fuck it up like they fuck everything else up. Because so far it's been great, and I'm really curious to see how they go with it. What else we got? Uh, one of the big matches on uh, on Raw was Sami Zayn versus Braun Strowman with uh, Strowman's spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match being on the line. And I guess apparently uh, 
Apparently they they said, wait, we had Braun Strowman win it last time, and it was a huge waste of time and it sucked. So let's get him out of the match. So the way they do it is having everyone get involved in the match and everyone looking real shit and Sami Zayn being thrown on top of him so he looks like shit too. And now everything sucks. And also Sami Zayn's in the match now. I, I, I didn't like this at all. Like this is not... Like, they are doing a terrible job building these ladder matches. It's a real bummer, because the ladder matches are going to be great. But, booking... This this just made no... This made no one look good. Terrible. I, I just don't know. But it's Monday Night Raw, so again, what do you expect? <sighs> but, uh, the other thing... To talk about with Monday Night Raw... Is uh, the Miz and Roman Reigns having a s- opening segment with Miz TV, and uh, the Miz, you know, talking talking up uh, Roman, being like, "Yeah, we never, we're friends, but you know, I can see us in a buddy cop movie. It'd be great." And uh, Roman be like, "Yo, I don't want to hang out. With you. You're acting like the old Miz, and I don't like the old Miz at all. Where's the the badass who takes n- no guff from the authority?" Is chasing Shane McMahon away with a chair. And then The Miz goes off in this whole thing about respect and how he, fi- after all this time, he figured out, you know, how to- how respect works with the crowd and how he has to earn it. And Shane McMahon's instead is just an entitled child who gets handed everything. And it's an interesting story. And it really helps establish Miz as a face. And it was great. The stuff. Afterward, with the handicap match and all that, was not great. But the character stuff's great. And I'm looking forward to him and uh, Shane having that steel cage match. I'm sure no one will get involved. Heaven knows that the door won't get open and, and Elias or Bobby Lashley gets involved. Oh boy. But the storytelling's good, though, at least. So we got that going. Yeah, like, aside from, like, just having Mojo Raleigh show up for no damn reason with a stupid gimmick that me and John already discussed about hating, which, by the way, they brought Apollo Crews from SmackDown to job out to him for some reason. That was weird. But yeah, aside from that, like, nothing really interesting to talk about from Raw this week. And SmackDown wasn't that much better either. With uh, the only big thing to discuss there is uh, having Kyrie Sane and Asuka have a new name for their team and it being the Kabuki Warriors. And that being a terrible name. And then all the backlash online today about it with Paige pointing out that no, it wasn't the writers who came up with it, you know, after the whole Viking experience bullshit. And saying, oh, no, they actually came up with it. It's like, yeah, it's still bad. And also, you don't have to be a dick about it. Like, jeez. Like, good gr- Like, we have a right to be suspicious after the War Raiders lost their name and a bunch of bullshit with that. 
Surprised they haven't had another name change yet. But yeah. Aside from that, you know, like I said, the top of the show was the bullshit with the Roman and Miz and Shane again. And apparently the Usos showing up again. And apparently, you know, the Brave Funhouse thing happening again. And uh, Sami Zayn showing up to be Kevin Owens' partner because you can't have him on separate brands. I mean, you can, but because of the wild card, you have to have him work together. So he has something to counter Xavier Woods, who wouldn't interfere because he's a face. Like, uh, this Kevin Owens' Kofi stuff is not great, but I like Kofi a lot, and I want him to succeed, and I want him to keep the belt. But they're just not giving him much to work with. And I am guess I could chalk it up to Big E getting injured. And that being a major thing that is preventing him. You know, they had plans all set up for the three of them. And then they got thrown away. And then, of course, the wild card thing happening. And that throwing everything out of loop. And Daniel Bryan being out for a little bit. But now he's back. But now he's a tag champion because they changed all... It's... It's messy. Not great. He deserves better booking, and hopefully, after this Kevin Owens storyline, they can actually put some effort into it. And please, for the love of God, don't have him drop the belt to Owens. Just set up Roman Reigns coming in and getting the belt. Because if you can't tell, the crowd's already starting to turn on Roman again. Like, he ain't got all that goodwill from beating cancer, but they're still booking him like Roman Reigns, and the character hasn't really changed. So people still don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it for SmackDown. And that's it for the main roster. Like, we'll talk more with the predictions. But, yeah. I didn't watch 205 Live, but our pal John contributed to the notes, so I'm going to read out what he, what he thought about 205 Live for you, for all our Cruiserweight fans. So, uh, here's what happened on 205, because, again, also what you can contribute to uh, the main roster stuff being weird is that they were in London, and it was all pre-taped. So here's another... Think that another show that makes it super obvious they were in the UK. 205 Live first match is a fatal four way between Jack Gallagher, Mark Andrews, James Drake. Thank God it's not Gibson, or else I have to take my shoes off. Hell, my shoes are technically already off. Hate that guy. And uh, Humberto Carrillo. Nigel quoted Macbeth. And then Aiden cut him off and demanded that he not say the name of in a performance space and call it the Scottish play instead. And John really appreciated that. Meanwhile, Drew Gulak is sad posting to Instagram. I didn't see this. I don't even think I follow Drew Gulak on Instagram. That's weird. I follow him on Twitter, though. Uh, Drake bails early because, of course... Uh, okay, a triple headlock, which Gallagher walks on his hands to get out of, because sure. I mean, Gallagher's 
moving more toward his face stuff. Uh, James Drake looks like a goddamn star. He's killing everyone and looks like a badass. John doesn't know what the crowd is singing, but it's a UK crowd, so... Who who even knows what they're singing? They're singing some bullshit. I'm sure... I'd ask Oscar, but he's not he's not allowed on this show. Uh, let's see... This is basically a Carrillo-Drake match. Oh, shit. Mandrews with the flying head scissors out of nowhere. Holy fucking shit, that DDT counter Mandrews did to Drake was unreal. Game over, return of William. See? That's Gallagher going back full face because William the Umbrella came back. I saw this. I don't know why he ever left. They should have never turned Gallagher as a heel. And then everyone goes off the top rope and it's a fucking unbelievable this match rules. Ending was kind of whack. Gallagher follows Mandrews onto the ropes to headbutt him. Carrillo rolls him up. But yeah, this match sounds great. I like all the people involved. Uh, the ending sounds kind of bullshit, but yeah. Having uh, Gallagher go full face and having uh, Mark Andrews and James Drake gang involved. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Why not? Um, here we go. Navari cuts a promo from a tanning bed. That's pretty cool. Eh, is it? Tony Nese says words. Lucha House Party also says words. Legaro versus Tony Nese, who, if you don't know who Legaro is, he's the cool luchador with the horns and the Union Jack on his mask. He's, I've seen him in uh, NXT UK. He's pretty good. Uh, John says for this match, Nice is still saying words. I don't have much to say about this match, but okay, I admit it. Oi Generico is very talented, and now I get why people like him. Fuck the niece, though. I mean, yeah. Uh, Legaro is a cool wrestler, and I've enjoyed what I've seen of him from NXT UK, but Terry Nice is still bit, still boring as shit, so, yeah. I get it. I get it. But yeah, that's, uh, that's all John wrote about 205 Live. It seems like First match was good, though. Second one, you can kind of miss. Fine. And then... We go... And we talk about... Tonight's episode of NXT. Which I wrote, and I wrote notes for. And it just wrapped up recently, so let's chat about it. Again, this is a fast-paced episode of NXT, because I'm... Or, fast-paced episode of Heel Turn, because... I'm by myself. It's kind of late... And the booking WWE's been doing has been kind of, you know, not memorable. Not really worth delving deep into. So, yeah. Just a heads up there. That, that's why the episode's moving so quickly this week. So, NXT! Uh, they start off at the top of the show with uh, Percy Watson being officially gone from commentary. I don't know... Where he went? Is he just on main event now? Or two? Is he on two hundred five live? I don't know. But he's gone. Uh, Beth Phoenix is now taking his place. So we have a female in the commentary booth, which is awesome. I, I 
I mean, Raw also has that, but it's still good to see in NXT. Uh, the Viking Raiders, this was taped after they debuted on the main roster, so they're fully now the Viking Raiders. They come out to the ring. Uh, they start doing the war chant with the crowd, which, again, I thought they were avoiding, but whatever, sure. They talk about raiding Raw, but they still have the NFT tag titles, so they call William Regal to the ring to discuss this. Regal comes out, and they're like, no one can beat them here, uh, so they may as well just relinquish the belts to Regal. So they hand the belts over, and then the Street Profits show up. And, uh, they believe that, you know, a couple weeks ago, they had a match with the Viking Raiders and gave them a run for their money. So they're not nobody. They think they can beat the War Raiders. And then Andrew Dawkins dropped the amazing line of, if that's even your real name, because this is the first time that they've appeared at Full Sail since getting their shitty name change. So uh, the Viking Raiders grab their belts back from Regal and demand that they make the match, and that's our main event for tonight's episode. Very good stuff. I like the Street Profits a lot. They are great on the mic. And I like uh, they're still wearing the red outfits so they can have the red solo cup. It's good. We have uh, footage of Adam Cole and Strong arguing backstage after the kind of fuck up at the end of last week's episode. Uh, memorable thing here is Adam Cole calling Strong a little bitch, which they bleeped. And asking if he should even be wearing the Undisputed Era's colors. Very sad. Undisputed Era is starting to fall apart. I hate it. Uh, Kathy Kelly interviews him, uh, Adam Cole, along with uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. He asks, like, where is, you know, Strong? Like, is he, is this, is it just you three now? And Cole's like, I don't know where he is, you know, and whatever. Fuck this. Meanwhile, there's stuff happening behind them, because they're outside of Full Sail. And uh, out of nowhere, Roderick Strong shows up. Not in an Undisputed Era shirt, because he got that taken away from him last week. And uh, Strong says, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking. And, you know, we're stronger together than we are apart. So I went as a, uh, you know, a sign of our truce and our friendship. Here is a sandal that is has blood all over it because he apparently killed Matt Riddle who was being an issue for Adam Cole. And Cole accepts his gift, gives him his Undisputed Era wristband right off his, you know, his uh, sweatband right off his arm and he's back in the group. They, they fixed it. They realized this was a bad idea and they put the Unspeed Era back together, thank God. You can tell that this was between tapings. So, they uh, they took the time to say quickly, probably gotta fix this. Also, Matt Real is injured, so we can write him out. Good stuff. We get Keith Lee versus Caesar Bononi. They mentioned Keith Lee's uh, feud with uh, Dominic Dijoke. Dijakovic is uh, on hold because Dijakovic got injured. Whoopsies. 
And, uh, yeah, the big spot of this match was Benoni not being able to Irish whip Lee because he's so strong. And then Lee just mauling him and hitting him with the spirit bomb and picking up an easy win. I like Keith Lee a lot. He's awesome. He's great in the ring. He's such, he's so strong, but also he's so agile. It's rad. Plus, he just, he just seems cool as hell with the basket and his lorry stuff. I hope they start pushing him into the uh, North American title picture after TakeOver. We get footage, footage from the Performance Center last week of Baszler overlooking, uh, like, or like, you know, observing or helping, I guess, uh, the other shitty horsewomen as they're sparring poorly in the ring. And, uh, just like before, where you see Baszler coming out, coming from a mile away, we see Eo coming from a mile away to jump in the ring and attack Shayna Baszler. And, uh, yeah. Kathy is, uh, reporting from outside William Regal's office after this that Regal has indeed made it that Eo Shirai is going to get another title shot against Shayna Baszler at the upcoming TakeOver. And before she signs off, the Forgotten Sons are heading toward Regal's office, and she stops him and goes, Why are you going in there? And their response is, We're the Forgotten Sons, and you forgot about us. Why don't Why don't we have a title shot? Why do the Street Profits get a title shot? To which the answer is, Why didn't you ask? Why didn't you show up during that opening segment? Where they provoked... Viking Raiders to give a title shot. Where were you? You guys are idiots. Fuck the Forgotten Sons. So yeah, after that, we get the match everyone's been looking forward to. It's Kona Reeves. I guess Kushida. First off, I gotta point out the uh, fuck Kona Reeves. Just gotta throw that out there. Fuck Kona Reeves. Uh, Kushida's entrance still rules. Um, and then the big thing for this is, uh, oh shit, Drew Gulak appears on the ramp. My, my man Drew Gulak. Uh, Gulak is kind of distracting Kushida just by standing there and observing. But after a second attempt of doing the hoverboard lock, he picks up the submission over Kona Reeves because Kona Reeves sucks. Drew Gulak is uh, is not impressed, and he just goes, "Yeah, whatever, I'm leaving." So yeah, it looks like we're gonna get Gulak versus Kushida, and, and um, yes, yes, please, I'll take that. More Drew Gulak in NXT against awesome people. I love it. I still love that match he had with Matt Riddle. Keep it going. Um, we got a backstage segment of Mia Yim and Bianca Belair getting into each other's business. Apparently, Yim had asked Regal for a, a match, a rematch with Bianca Belair, so they're going to do that. Either I guess either next week or at the taping at the Takeover. Or at the take? I don't know. They didn't go into details. Um, but we did have 
Bianca head out or head back into Regal's office for some reason. So I'm not clear what happened there. Vanessa Bourne had a match after this where she fought Jesse. And if you're wondering who Jesse is, I'm also wondering that. I commentary filled me in at least and said that she was in the Mayon Classic and got eliminated in the first round by Tenara Conti. So, I mean, that's good, except that she lost in the first round. So that's why I don't remember her. Yeah, it was a squash match. Vanessa Bourne won. They're pushing her for some reason. I don't get it. But then we get to the main event of tonight's episode of NXT, and it is for the NXT Tag Team Championship, the Viking Raiders defending against the Street Profits. It looks like the Forgotten Sons, again, were forgotten. Well, for now. Uh, A cool spot near the beginning of the match was that Angelo Dawkins and one of the Viking Raiders did matching... uh, uh, Cartwheels. I forgot the name of the move for a second there. Yeah, they did match of cartwheels, and that was cool. And uh, a majority of the match was uh, the Street Profits getting roll-ups and uh, you know, kind of believable pinfall attempts, but not quite getting it, but the whole crowd was biting on it, including me, because the Viking Raiders are on the main roster. They should be dropping the belts. This is the opportunity to drop the belts. But of course, can't be that easy. Instead, kind of early into the match, surprisingly, the Forgotten Sons show up and attack the War Raiders, and the bell is called. While they're brawling, uh, Player One and Player Two, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, show up, and they get involved. Why? I don't know. They haven't been mentioned at all this episode, so I don't know why they were there. So they showed up and got into the brawl, and uh, in the middle of this ra- this ruckus, uh, we had the Street Profits hit an electric chair on one of the Viking Raiders, and Angelo pins while Montez Ford does a quick three count, and they act like they won and run off, despite the fact that even the commentary says, one, that was a fast count, and two, the match is already over, so... What are you doing? They scurry off. The War Raiders continue their rampage and destroy everyone else. And then the weird thing happens. What we have is that the War Raiders grab their NXT tie titles, lay them on the mat, and the show ends with them bowing. So I guess they're doing the thing that they were trying to do at the beginning of the episode. And they are relinquishing their titles. Sure. I don't understand the point of all this other stuff then. Why do we have this you know, match that could have been great but got cut off early? I guess we're setting up a triple threat for the vacant belts at TakeOver? It's not clear. And uh, reports online haven't made it clear yet either. So I'm guessing any storytelling for that was done backstage where the live crowd didn't see it. That'd be interesting. They can maybe step it up and make it an elimination match. 
I like elimination matches, so we can see what they do with that. But yeah, that was NXT. This was, I, I think this was the first one from the new taping, and it was a bit of a weird episode. A lot of course correcting for injuries and all that. And building up to this sudden takeover that's happening in a couple weeks. There you go. And by the way, if you're wondering, oh, isn't WWE doing a event close to that takeover that's coming up? Yeah, but I don't want to talk about it. It's taking place in a country that is extremely problematic and, you know, shouldn't be having the WWE do propaganda for them. So we're not going to cover that, really. I'm sure when John gets back uh, next week, he'll have plenty to say about it, though. But yeah, um, now we're, we're down to our last segment of the show, and it is our predictions for Money in the Bank, which is this Sunday on Pay-Per-View and the WWE Network. If you get on Pay-Per-View, what, what, what are you doing? Just get the network. So, you, you, use an email, get the free month. It's fine. Money in the Bank's going to be fun. But John may not be here with me, but he's here with me in spirit and in the form of these really bizarre predictions that he wrote into the show notes. I'm not going to, I'm actually going to tell you what he wrote and not make you have to like subscribe to get the notes. But if you do want to get the entirety of our show notes for this and every episode of Heel Turn, we do have a Patreon at patreon.cool. And it's just a dollar a month, which is, you know, about 25 cents an episode. It's not. Not that bad. But yeah, let's get to it. Let's talk about the, the show note, about the uh, the predictions for Money in the Bank. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to read. I'm trying to understand what he wrote here because he uses a bunch of like not actual names. Uh, Dongle Brimbram, which I I assume is uh. Daniel Bryan, and other Viking experience, which I assume is Rowan, versus Icy Hot Enthusiasts, which, you know, I originally thought were the, uh, the Revival, but the Revival don't get to be on the pay-per-view, so it's the Usos. Uh, the, he says the Usos should just die the end, and that's probably what will happen because lol wildcard matches. Yeah, um... This match is is a cross-brand match between uh, Brian and Rowan against the Usos. And also, it's not for the titles. Which is weird. Like, why did you put the belts on these guys? They're not going to be defending them at the pay-per-view. This whole wildcard thing's a mess. I think, obviously, the, the ones that are champions are going to retain. Or not retain, I guess win. Because they're not defending... This, this wild card thing is fucking awful. Next, we got the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. John's prediction for the winner is the third of McMahon's daughters, Mandy Rose. And this is the part where I have to start pulling up the, what the actual card is, because I don't know who the hell's in these Money in the Bank ladder matches. Let's see. 
In the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, it's Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, and Carmella. And uh, you know what? With all the you know stuff they were doing with her and, and Sonya Deville, I could also see Mandy Rose getting the briefcase and then cashing it in later that night because we can't have the women's briefcase stick around apparently. I mean, outside of Carmella, who had to win it twice for some reason. Well, we we know the reason. Samoan Joseph versus the number one POD fan, which is is Rey Mysterio, by the way. John writes here, Steal Dominic, you coward. Dominic on a pole match. Let's fucking go. Also, Wendy's new man wins. So he picks Samoa Joe to retain. And I predict that Samojo is going to win. And not only that, I think Dominic is indeed going to turn inside with Joe. Because if you've been checking out his haircut, it's starting to look a lot like Joe's. And also, he does not deserve having anything nice. There you go. Uh, next match. Tony's Knees versus Saudi Arabia's favorite wrestler, aside from Sami Zayn and the entire women's roster. Oh, God. John, that is, that is a dark, dark joke you wrote there. And then he writes, I don't even have a joke for this. Knees will win, and I will be apathetic. I mean, you already wrote the best joke for this match. And also, Tony Nese is going to defend his belt because the Cruiserweights don't matter, despite the fact that we covered the, the two... 205 Live on this podcast. I mean, I'd like them to matter. They kind of mattered when they had the NXT UK people on this week, but still. Tony Nese is your face of your division. Yikes. Uh, Ari Davari is not much better. Um, Roman versus Elias. He didn't even write anything. I, I think at this point, John ran out of silly things. So, uh, he thinks the Rom Dog is gonna look strong. Yeah. Roman Reigns is gonna win. Pretty clear that's gonna happen. Because it's... it's he, Roman always wins. Come on. Shane versus The Miz in a steel cage. Shane wins after the B-team pulls some bull- bullshit. I'm going to say not only the B-team's going to pull some bullshit, I think we're going to have it be convoluted bu- bullshit by having a, uh, Bobby Lashley also show up. Maybe it... Uh, Drew McIntyre has a match in this card, doesn't he? Does it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's in the, the money in the bank. He can still show up and fuck this up. Why not? Have everyone get involved. Have ten people get involved. Because Shane has to overcompensate. Chain Chain's gonna win. Because of bullshit. Man of War. Oh, okay, so what he said He's uh doing the predictions for both of Becky's title defenses as she defends against Lacey Evans for the Raw belt and Charlotte for the SmackDown belt. Is what he has to say. Honestly, it depends on who goes first. If it's Lacey, then Charlotte, uh, Becky wins both and gets cashed in on by Mandy. 
If it's Charlotte, then Lacey. Charlotte loses, beats the fuck out of Becky after the match. Then Lacey wins clean, but barely, because fuck Lacey. Uh, I'm in a similar... I'm similar on this one. I think it depends on who, uh, who goes first. And I'm pretty much on the same boat with John here. I think that if Lacey goes first, she's just going to lose. And then after a grueling match with Charlotte... Uh, Mandy Rose will cash in and win the SmackDown belt. But if it's Ashley, hold on. Yeah, if she, if she beats Charlotte first and then has to fate Lacey, I'm going to say that she still beat, unlike John who says that Lacey wins the belt kind of clean, I'm going to say that Lacey still fails and that then Becky gets to keep both belts for another month. And then has the the money in the bank lingering there, waiting to strike. That's what I got for that one. Uh Kofi and Kevin Owens for the WWE championship. John says that they do the DBZ fusion dance and literally become Kofi Owens, the world's best father, who also loves pancakes and hates you forever. This happens after Kofi retains, though. So. Like where you're going with this, John. I don't think they're going to do the fusion thing. But I do think that... Uh, I do think Kofi's going to retain, because... Despite the ratings going down, it's not Kofi's fault. Let him keep the belt until at least SummerSlam. You cowards. Rollins and Styles for the Universal Championship. Wait, a Universal Championship match without Brock Lesnar? That's weird. John says here, Weird flex, but I'm making it. This match should be good, but for some reason it will only be okay. Basically, be like a match from Styles' last title reign. Rollins wins, Styles goes full heel, and we drag this out through stomping ground. Uh, I... I don't know if... Making Styles a heel is a good idea. Like, you have so many heels populating Raw right now. I think Styles, like, going off on his own and just being a strong babyface would be a better choice. Like, hell, I would like to see him win the bell here, but I don't expect them to lift it off of Rollins so quickly. So I think this is going to be a good match. I also think it's not going to live up to the hype. Because, you know, it's on Money in the Bank and there's so many other important things happening on that show. But Rollins does indeed retain the belt. And then the last thing we got here is the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Which involves Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Ali, Finn Balor, Andrade, and Randy Orton. John says here, Sammy should fucking win this, OMG. And to be honest, I think he will. Could also see it being Andrade, but honestly, if this whole pinning Finn over and over again doesn't end in him becoming the IC t- getting the IC title, then what the fuck are they doing? That's fair. But I, I really don't see Andrade getting it, because there's been backstage reports about Andrade... You know, going to Vince and asking for a proper push, and 
Vince being a racist and saying, you know, learn to fucking speak English, despite the fact that he's been trying to. Like, jeez, Vince. What the hell are you doing? He's wor He's been working on it. You and you need strong Latin stars. Especially on SmackDown, since you moved Ray over to Raw. But, yeah, um... Sami Zayn, I could win it. I'm looking at the list here, and, uh... I could see Finn Balor winning it, and then him losing the belt to Andrade. They are kind of tell, losing that to Andrade, and then him, you know... Then focusing on the briefcase and figuring out when to cash that in. I think it, it could be interesting with Finn Balor having it. Uh, the other, I mean, Drew McIntyre could have it, and that would suck. But they really like Drew McIntyre, so those are my predictions. I'm going to say either Finn Balor from SmackDown or Drew McIntyre from Raw. One of those two will win the briefcase, and neither of them will cash in at that night. They're going to hold on to it for a while. Yeah, that's what I got for predictions. Hopefully it'll be a good show. But that is it for Heel Turn, a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. Uh, we do this show live every Wednesday Around 9, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. So if you're free on Wednesday nights, come hang out with us. Be in the chat, be interactive. I won't be by myself, hopefully, next time. Um, if you want to help support the show financially and help us run the website and everything, uh, head over to patreon.cool. That's a real URL. And uh, again, for as low as a dollar a month, you can get the show notes for this and every episode of Heel Turn. And then, of course, next week, me and Trace will be putting up a premium podcast, which will be our predictions for Double or Nothing. Of course, on the actual Heel Turn uh, that week, I'll have John giving his predictions as well. But if you want to hear me and Trace chat it up, as well as talking about the TV rights and all that stuff, and maybe a little New Japan, I don't know. Stuff's happening there, too. Uh, we will have that podcast up probably next Friday, so check that out. Uh, the, again, the website's prowrestling.cool. If you want to hear our sister podcasts, uh, it's at zonecast.com. Of course, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, whatever podcasting service you use. And you can you know subscribe, you can comment, rate us. Whatever works best for you. We appreciate it. Um, social media, Facebook, search for ProWrestling.Cool. We're on there. Uh, at PWDOTC on Twitter and at The Heel Turn on Twitter. One is more news focused. The other one just says, hey, we're going live on the internet. Check it out. Not sure why we still use two, but whatever. Options. Social media. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore ozone. If you want a good memes or whatever, I I tweet I tweet stuff. People finally stopped retweeting that Sonic thing I did. That's good. 
But yeah, we will be... By we, I mean, John will be back next week. Better be back next week. But we will be back next week with another episode of the of Heel Turn. Production of Cool. We'll be in a post-money-in-the-bank world. And also, we'll be leading up to Double or Nothing. So exciting. Wrestling is exciting again. Be excited about wrestling! And in the meantime, uh... We'll be back, so until then, y'all come back now, you hear? This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.